I'm Bishop Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs, and I'm in Indianapolis. And I'm Brian Sellers Peterson from Roslyn, Washington. And I'm Jerusalem Greer in Greenbrier, Arkansas. And this is Spade Spoon Soul, a podcast about all the ways our food intersects with our faith from seed to spade to spoon. In this first episode, we, my co-host and I, thought we would start by asking each other some of the questions we hope to ask our future guest, plus a few extra. So Bishop Jennifer, Brian, y'all ready to get started? Let's dig in. All right. Okay. Bishop Jennifer, we're going to start with you. Where are you rooted? What's your place, your community? Well, I am rooted in Indiana. And I, as Bishop in the Episcopal Church here, serve Central and Southern Indiana. And I just want to attest to the fact that in this late summer season, when we're recording this, all I seem to do is drive through fields of corn. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm rooted in the cornfields of middle America at the moment. And, um, but Indianapolis is, is a city that's vibrant and um, full of wonderful food culture. So it's a great place to be. That's wonderful. I um, have to tell you, I'm a little obsessed with cornfields. That's one of the crops we don't grow a ton of in Arkansas. And so when I have the pleasure of driving through cornfields, I always get really excited. So, (laughs) um, okay. Our next question is, um, how does creation nourish your soul? Since this is a podcast all about nourishment, including our souls. You know, I love that question. How does creation nourish my soul? It is so central. I don't think to reflect on it because it's so ever present and we can look at it in so many different ways. And so I think about, as I say, just the cornfields I drive through as I visit congregations. And so I'm just aware that the sources of nourishment are everywhere I look, which means that there are these opportunities to be grateful and um, to hold a position of just deep gratitude for the ways in which nature does what it does in all of its beauty and it feeds me in, in so many different ways. And so I would say that that's the way I would answer that question today, just really mindful of how vibrant and active creation is in this time of year here in um, the Midwest. Um, there's no way to really avoid it, even in the, the city here. And that's a that that nourishes my soul um, from deep down, really. Uh, I love that. Okay, so one of the names, part of our um, the title of our podcast here is um, the word spoon is in here. So it's spade, spoon, and soul. So we gotta get some food some food talk in, right? We're not going to just be about gardening, even though we're, we're all in on that as well. So what dish or meal like makes you sigh with comfort? You know, like when you take a bite and your whole body just goes, ah, okay. So what is that food or that meal for you? Well, this is of the moment. I will tell you what I was prepping last night for tonight's dinner. And it's, um, <laughs> we're heading into the season where this having these warmer, nourishing meals is really, really um, sort of of the moment. And I cooked our traditional oxtail stew last night. And in our household, oxtails 
are always in season. And we are lucky enough to have relationships with uh, a farmer who lets me know when she has processed some meat and has oxtails for sale, and we just load up our freezer. And so this nourishing uh, braise of oxtails with onions and carrots and a little bit of bacon and a um, little white wine has just, but it was simmering on the stove until about midnight last night and all, and I get to taste it to make sure it's really tender. So anyway, all that's to say is that um, looking forward to dinner tonight, when after it's sat for a while and all the juices and the flavors have melded together, that's the meal um, <laughs> that's giving me great comfort and delight right now. Oh, I love it. That's going to be one of the problems with this podcast is we're all going to get hungry all the time. (laughs) (laughs) There's problems to have, I guess. Okay. So as we've mentioned, you're, you're a bishop um, and you have a family and you're, you're cooking dinner. You are very busy and, and you do a lot of really wonderful work in the world. So why did you make time in your schedule and say yes um, to Brian and I and this crazy idea of doing this podcast? Well, I think I said yes because of the two people who asked primarily. I just love working um, with you two. But also, as Bishop, I have gotten far away from just the daily ways in which I used to tell stories about growing food, eating it, caring for creation, and, and what that has to do with our spiritual life. And so we'll probably get into this in future episodes, but as an old school in the early aughts food blogger, like I lived in this world as I lived, as much as I lived in the church world. And so the opportunity to be a part of a podcast that helps us to tell the stories of the movement for food justice and creation care and soul nourishment that has only grown since I began blogging in 2005, which seems like a generation ago, like any opportunity to lift up these stories is um, something that I will clear the decks for. And so I'm looking forward to what we're going to get up to in this podcast. It should be a great adventure. Oh, thank you. Well, we're super excited that you said yes. And um, yeah, the good old days of blogging, right? Back when it was simpler. Such a simple time. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to pass the uh, interviewing torch over to you and and let you talk to Ryan. All right. Well, I love that we are um, kind of putting each other in the hot seat. And Brian, um, as we know, is part of the reason why we are all in this good trouble. And so I'm delighted to be able to turn the, the, the table a little bit and to ask Brian about where you are rooted. What place or community is rooting you right now? Well, today and for the last couple of years, I have been rooted on the eastern foothills of the Cascade Mountains in a little town known as Roslyn, Washington, also known as Sicily, Alaska. Uh, we can talk about that some other time. But I also um, feel rooted in, in other places uh, that relate to um, spades and spoons and soul. And in particular, um, the Midwest. I grew up in uh, Mankato, Minnesota, in south central Minnesota, um, around lots of cornfields and soybean processing plants and uh, a college. But where my interest in this whole subject really was seeded and planted and grown was in northeast Nebraska, um, where my family has had farms 
for generations. And uh, I know I'm going to be bringing that back in. But those are the three places that I think of of right away. And um, living in the mountains has given me a whole different perspective on life. And, and I think part of that rootness is in the quiet of the mountains and away from lots of city lights. Uh, and, and so those are some of the roots right now. That's beautiful. Sounds like um, a really different place from the Midwest, but really just a gorgeous place to be. So with all of that, um, the way you've painted that picture of the landscape there, how does creation nourish your soul in these days? Well, you know, I think the very act of just putting my hands in, in dirt or putting my hands into a beehive um, connects me. Uh, and, you know, that really goes back to those summers and long weekends and um, holidays on the family farms, uh, walking up and down cornfield rows and bean rows, um, you know, hacking out weeds. Uh, didn't use a lot of fertilizer back then. And uh, um, so, you know, all the, the grandkids were given a machete uh, to walk through those fields and cut out weeds. And I still have a particular affection um, for that type of thing. Um, it, it connects me to the whole of life. And uh, I mentioned earlier, just the quiet. Um, I live uh, right up next um, to the woods and being able to just go out there, especially in the morning when I can't hear anything except for creation. Um, and we can all, I've, I have been able to find that living in, in cities, um, especially think of, of uh, I spent five years in South Africa during apartheid uh, in, Port, in a town, Port Elizabeth. Um, and it takes me, to tra I get transported back there, um, thinking about just sort of the cruelty of the apartheid regime, just stuck right up against God's creation and the generosity of the people of that of that place. And um, I think of living in the suburbs of Seattle in the same way of being connected to creation. Um, but the act of putting my hands in the dirt or my hands in the beehive um, really is something special. I can go on and on about it, but I think you got a couple more questions for me, Jennifer. I do. And I just love the, um, you know, very different images. And so I just need to name just perhaps for future references, bee stings and machetes. <laughs> bee stings and machetes. <laughs> we're not, we're, we're on my bingo card. Oh boy. I've got some, so. I got some, I got some bee sting stories for you. I bet. I bet. So, um, but let's talk about that, that third question then. So what, dish or meal is giving you comfort what makes you go ah, you know just give me more of that. well you know and this goes straight back 
to Northeast Nebraska to a farm kitchen table of my maternal grandparents and my my uh, grandma Tuttle, also known as Hermer, um, would make chicken fried steak, corn on the cob, mashed potatoes, gravy, and if it was in the summer, always watermelon. And my grandpa Tuttle would always put salt on his his watermelon. I've never figured that out, but apparently it brings out even more taste. Um, and pie. So, you know, even into my adulthood, while my grandma was still with me, she knew whenever I come visit, that meal happened um, because I think I sighed a lot and oohed and odd a lot. We talked about dreams coming true uh, whenever she made that meal. Um, and so I've never quite perfected the chicken fried steak, um, but I got the others down cold. <laughs> well, you know, when you're trying to perfect something, the great thing is that you get to eat your mistakes. So, you know, you kind of keep working on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, last question for the moment. I've been asked, like, why did I say yes to doing this podcast? But this is part of this kind of your brainchild. So, what was it about? What? Why did you want to do this? Why did you say a podcast with these three elements is what we ought to do? Give us a little background. I, I think some of the listeners may know Sharon Pearson, but I blame it on her. Um, Sharon was my editor at Church Publishing uh, for a, a little storybook that I pulled together about um, food and faith and about what faith communities were doing and how they stewarded their land. And I vowed at the end of that project I would never write another book again. I enjoyed the heck out of working with Sharon, um, and I owe so much gratitude towards her, but never write a book because those people who know me know I like talking a lot more than I like writing. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the whole podcast idea, um, we can we can put an infinite number of stories that either hit the cutting room floor of that book or stories that I have no idea that they're out there and we're going to discover them um, through this little podcast. So um, I just haven't let this idea go. And I'm so grateful um, to be working number one with Je with Jerusalem um, with the good news garden project. That is a joint venture uh, of the creation care and evangelism departments out of the presiding bishop's office. Um, so getting the chance to even work with her more is exciting, but also with Jennifer, who we've known each other from back just after you graduated from CDSP and you were blogging and, and sharing recipes. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but also with our, our producer and our friend, Derek, um, uh, who's, you know, sort of a part of a podcast that has really been an inspiration to all of us. Uh, the Food and Faith podcast that he shares with Anna Wolfenden and Sam Camlin. Uh, we'll make sure that uh, their um, link to their podcast is in, in our notes. Um, so you can tune into them because uh, 
we're, you know, we're taking all their good ideas. Oh, we are um, in such good company. So, Brian, I'm going to uh, take a backseat for a moment while you pitch it over and um, turn the tables on Jerusalem. Hey, Jerusalem, I got four questions for you. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I've got one. Where are you rooted? And how does creation nourish your soul? And what dish or meal makes you sigh? Oh. And when did you say yes? Oh, such good questions. <laughs> I'll repeat them again as you go along, but okay, okay. I think you All got right. them. You got them. <laughs> okay, so where am I rooted? So I am rooted in um, a little community. Officially, I'm in Greenbrier, Arkansas, but you know how the rural areas are. All the You might have a zip code in one place, but you actually live in like a small community that's just made up of a few streets, right, or a few farms. So I'm in what's... Uh, Shady Grove, Arkansas. I think there's actually a couple of communities called Shady Grove, but I'm in the one that's in Greenbrier. And I live on eight acres. Um, we are at the foothills of the Ozark Mountains and right before the River Valley. So we're in an area that's got a lot of plateaus, lots of rolling hills, amazingly green. We're on eight acres. It's completely surrounded. Um, like the perimeter of our farm is... Uh, filled with loblolly trees, pine trees, and just um, poison ivy and lots of other, you know, great weedy bushes that are, are actually really beautiful in the summer. Lots of um, honeysuckle. And we, um, we have a pond, we have a house, we have a, a woodshop barn, and then we've got several gardens. Right now we've got a spring garden or a fall, I mean a summer garden with lots of vegetables, flowers, um, and then we have our pumpkin patch, which we planted in July. Um, and we've got animals. We basically have a petting zoo because I can't break my, breed myself. Um, I haven't gotten to where our friend Sam Camlin is on the, um, the harvesting of my animals yet, but we've got chickens, which I'm sure at some point listeners will hear our roosters. The problem is our chickens keep having chickens. And, and so then we end up with all these roosters because they're our babies and we just like, you know, so we have way too many roosters. Um, we have goats, we have a pet pig, we have dogs, we have cats, um, and it's pretty amazing. So this is like where I'm physically rooted, my husband and my two sons who are pretty much grown. Um, but then there's also parts of me that are rooted in other places. I spent all of my adolescence in Southeast Alaska. So I love it when you talk about Sicily, Alaska, because people would watch Northern Exposure and ask us if that's really what Alaska was like. And we would say, yes, that's actually really what Alaska is like, at least the part I lived in. Um, and then I'm also part of a community, the community of St. Mary, um, which is a convent, um, a monastic Benedictine monastic community of women in um, Swanee, Tennessee. And I'm an oblate in training. And um, as anybody that knows that follows any kind of Benedictine monasticism, it being uh, part of a place is really important. So I consider myself to be partially rooted there as well. And that my farm is sort of an extension of their teaching farm and, and their work in the world. So that's a little bit of how I'm rooted. Okay. So... How does creation nourish your soul? Well, lots of ways. And I've loved everything y'all said. Um, I think anybody that knew me as a kid was is probably just laughing that this is my life, that creation nourishes me, my soul at all. Because I was like your typical indoor with a book, 
kid. Um, I didn't want to go outside, but it's because I hadn't been introduced to the right way to be outside. Um, and I think that's an important thing that we don't like, just as we have to find how we pray or how we like to cook or, you know, our communication style or whatever, I think ways of being in nature are very varied. And I was kind of only presented a couple of options. Either you were like a sports kid who always wanted to be outside, like sweating and hitting balls and running into other people. Um, or you were going to be like a hiker and really love to like climb mountains, right. And do kind of like these really hardy, dangerous things. And neither one of those really resonated with me growing up. And then when I was in college I worked at a summer camp and for some reason they put me in charge of the nature hut um which just seemed I was like why would you put me in charge of the nature hut I'm the least nature person you know but it turns out that I that was not true actually I love the nature hut there were goats and there was a pony and there was all sorts of other things and I just really kind of fell in love with kind of farm-ish life right like that kind of pastoral farm garden and I'd always love my grandparents gardens growing up and being out in their gardens with them and I think that's where the first seeds of that were planted um and so over time the way creation has continued to nurture and begun to nurture my soul is really through working this farm that we have um where I'm standing right now recording at my standing desk, I can see out and I can see my chickens running around and I can see a cover crop of beans and flowers and I can see our big weedy overgrown trees and our pet pig. And um, the other day I was actually sitting outside and I was all stressed about all the myriad of things from the small to the, to the huge. And I looked out and I could see waving in the wind. There was like, it was like a little breeze. And there was this long piece of a spider web that was just kind of floating off of the chicken feeders. And the thought just kind of came into my head, like, that's what matters. That's what's important. Um, all this other stuff that I was stressed out about is, I don't know. It just kind of, I just thought that's what matters. This creation and this just doing their thing like the spider's just doing his thing <laughs> just by like what's going on in the world he's not worried he's just taking care of his business um so I think those kinds of ways just the reminders that I get like I've said all through the pandemic like my chickens have no idea there's a pandemic um they still need to be fed and they're still running around causing trouble and um it's pretty it's a pretty great reminder that life continues to flourish even when things are hard Okay, so what dish makes you sigh when you think about what food? Um, this is such a hard one because I want to name like 30 things. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to redo the question then, okay? okay since okay, since okay. you paused, um so what food or dish do you love eating and preparing during the summer? Okay. All right. Thank you for, for, for uh, whittling this down for the Enneagram 7 in the room who wants all the things. Um, in the summer, it is tomato sandwiches. Tomato sandwiches straight out of our garden. Go get a hot, ripe, juicy red tomato. Bring it in. Slice it really thin, like, like paper-thin slices. Um, 
Duke's Mayonnaise, which they're not a sponsor, but I'll just tell you they're the best mayonnaise on the planet. Duke's Mayonnaise, some sort of white bread I just think is the best. There's this new bread that's like a brioche sandwich bread that's just decadent and ridiculous. But oh my gosh, that, those warm tomatoes. Don't put your tomatoes in the fridge, people. Do not put your summer tomatoes in the fridge. Anyway, some warm tomatoes, some salt, that Duke's mayonnaise and that sandwich. I mean, it's one of those things that like I make it and then I just eat it standing up, like right there in the kitchen. And my whole body just like exhales because it's just so happy. And then it's summer. Like I don't ever feel like it's summer until I've had a tomato sandwich. Okay, we'll put Duke's mayonnaise in the uh, um, the notes, Okay. Okay. <laughs> And maybe a picture of your sandwich. About mayo. And the first, I mean, just we just need to call it right now. Okay. You can put your Dukes up there, but I might have some alternative options. Okay. Okay. That's fine. You can bring it. We can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a diverse we'll re- in, in the meantime, we'll reach out to Dukes about sponsoring our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Jerusalem, why did you say yes? Well, it took me a while um, to really say yes. It took us a year, actually, um, to really be able to have the the margin to do this. But I said yes, because I feel a lot like Bishop Jennifer in the sense that I used to be a blogger, and I used to tell stories and share recipes. And I guess technically, I'm still a blogger. I post like once every six months. Um but I love stories and I love talking about all of this stuff and I love inviting other people in to sharing their stories and um, and I just thought it would be fun and also it's a good excuse to get to talk to the two of you about things that we love so why not okay so just before we wrap up does anyone else have something they want to chime in on um I, you know, mayo allegiances aside, <laughs> I think it would be fun to, um, I mean, I just, I want to have the kind of open-hearted anticipation about what's ahead with this podcast that I would bring to the, the gardening and cooking enterprise. You know, like you, we think we know how we're going to begin. We have a few basic ingredients or the seeds and we're going to put them in the ground or put them in the pot and just see what happens. And I I would love that as we go along that folks might begin to help us figure out what those stories are. So I just want to perhaps name here in the opening episode that those who are listening at whatever point that they've got stories that we might want to know about and share regarding food and um, the creation, care, growing of food and the spiritual life like we just bring it on i think the world is needing this kind of nourishment right now and um i'm so excited and i just know that there there's a lot of stories that are buried out there that we i hope we'll be discovering as we go forth so i just couldn't be more excited so right sort of towards the beginning of covid tide um jerusalem and i were talking um about um you know what are what are they what are those gardens called again? Um, Victory Gardens. Victory Gardens. Victory Gardens. Yeah. And she had a dream about 
victory gardens in the Episcopal Church. And so she came up with the idea of good news gardens. And I remember on a Saturday morning we were talking and we just decided, oh, let's do a Facebook group. And so we've got a Facebook group. Um, it's a closed group, so you have to, you know, say that you'll be, you know, a good person and you won't. Uh, um, but if you go look for Agrarian Ministries Episcopal Church, join our Facebook group and um, share your stories right away. Um, your pictures, your memes. Um, I have found that the most popular posts are the funny ones um, because we all find humor in, in uh, growing food and, and eating food. So um, do that. And um, also send us an email. And it's a really hard email to remember. It's spade, spoon, soul at gmail.com. And we'll have that in the notes as well. But you can contact us that way with your your ideas, your recipes, your pictures, whatever. Okay? Because we're just going to keep having a conversation. And But thanks for hanging out with us on this first episode. And now I'm going to toss it back uh, to Jennifer. Thanks, Brian. And thanks, Jerusalem. I, I feel like I've learned a lot already about the two of you um and uh i think there's some good times ahead so i want to as we close up give a word of thanks to so many folks who helped make this brandy new podcast possible we want to thank our producer derek weston who's producing this show as part of the stories of food and faith project and to our art our artist ryan lee for our theme song and Jay Sidebotham for the artwork, and to the Good News Gardens Initiative of the Episcopal Church, who is our first sponsor. So they got a, you know, Dukes, you're in second place here, but we're grateful for Good News Gardens Initiative for being the first to um, help us bring this to life. And you can find a link with more information about Derek and Good News Gardens in the show notes. All right, y'all. Well, this has been an amazing first episode, I think, and I'm, I'm with y'all. I, I can't wait to see what uh, emerges and sprouts and grows and is harvested through this entire project. So listeners, thank you for being with us. Until next time, we hope that you will find a way to connect your soul to your spade or your spoon or maybe both and then share those stories with someone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.